0: This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at mjmunoz.com. Welcome to Henshin Inspection. Visit mjmunoz.com hi for notes and links, and don't forget to subscribe. Like, share, and comment to help me grow. So this introductory episode of Henshin Inspection is going to be talking about what is a Henshin Hero to me. What are my qualifications for a Henshin Hero? I'll be quick, I'll rattle off the list I have for you, and then maybe I'll give some examples and then I'll rattle off the list again before I say goodbye. So to me, a henshin hero is heroic, has a henshin call or makes a henshin call or pose. Uh, their body or clothes changes when they changes when they, uh, they change for plot reasons. And there's two dimensions to that. Uh, the outer chain reflects an interchange, which is uh, related to the second half of the plot reasons thing. And then they... Uh, change to fight or overcome things. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, let's just talk about uh, Kamen Rider. Let's start there. So Takeshi Hongo uh, is kidnapped by Shocker. He's changed. Everything but his brain or his mind is changed by Shocker into uh, a weapon, basically, for them to uh, dominate the world. And his mind escapes being altered by them. And he leaves their... Uh, not their employee. He, he he breaks out of their captivity and he runs off on his own and he fights against the forces of Shocker. Uh, first he fights for survival, then he fights because he doesn't want other people to have to suffer the way he has suffered. And, you know, so therefore he's, he's fighting to protect people. He didn't have to do that. He could have just left Shocker alone and went off somewhere else and let somebody... And, I mean, ultimately he could have let it not be his problem until... The world had been conquered and uh, he, you know, was enslaved by them or killed by them. So, you know, if you examine everything hard enough, or if you examine most things hard enough, you can always come up with different angles. Oh, he wasn't really being self-sacrificing and uh, heroic. He was ultimately doing it so that he could take out the Shocker minions one at a time as opposed to uh, running away and just avoiding that responsibility. But the fact that he stopped, recognized uh, even if, well, anyway, even if he recognized what was at risk and ultimately decided that it was in his favor to, you know, like from a utilitarian standpoint to fight them now, um, he was still putting his body on the line and his life on the line every time he fought against them. Uh, he has a henching call. He doesn't start with a henching call. His original transformation is him running fast on the, or driving fast on the bike or different things happen that made the turbine on his belt, uh, spin. And then it, you know, generated the energy he needed to transform. That got kind of retconned and changed as time went on. Uh, Kamen 2, I think who debuted in episode 14, had a Henshin pose, a little, uh, well, Hongo also had a, uh, little sequence that they cut in, you know, like in Digimon or Sailor Moon or anything else that has transformations, uh, where they don't do live on-screen transformations, Super Sentai commonly, until recently, although I haven't watched Sentai in the last couple of years, so I don't know what they do for their transformation scenes, but it was a big deal when I think GoBusters had them do, uh, in-scene transformations. Anyway, but that's, you know, 10, 11 years ago or whatever, uh, probably closer to 10. Anyway, so next, uh, the so but he ultimately he does have a henshin call he says writer power at first and then it's henshin it's different stuff it changes but the point is there's a call when he's ready to transform and then he transforms uh his belt appears out of nowhere he's a cyborg but there's no little hatch that opens it just kind of appears on him uh it's actually funny um ichimonji a writer too uh calls Did I call him Hayato earlier? Anyway, I don't know. He opens up his shirt or whatever, and he's got an undershirt, and the belt is in there somehow, uh, even though you can't see it otherwise. Um, But anyway, you know, his belt appears there, and then he transforms, and the armor comes onto him. uh, Whereas, like, in the manga, it's sort of weird, because sometimes uh, they show him pull the helmet or the mask out of the motorcycle. There's a special compartment in there, and sometimes he doesn't. He just transforms... It's just kind of all over the place, doesn't matter. Um, so that's his body or clothes changing. And uh, I'm sure there's other henshin heroes whose bodies change more, um, like in Digimon Frontier, which you know Digimon's debatable, or Digimon themselves, they physically transform into another form, uh, you know, different creature or whatever. So, you know, that's, that, that kind of applies in that respect. And the next thing is they change for plot reasons. The plot reasons that they, they change in Hongo's uh, 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 case, uh, it's because Shocker took him and mutilated and you know transformed his body, uh, did this, these surgeries on him or whatever against his will. Um, and you know there's plot reasons right there. But then he continues to fight them and he uh, continues to to transform uh, only when. It becomes absolutely necessary for him, to. He fights them hand-to-hand. I don't know if he's supposed to have augmented speed and strength in his human form, or if that exists when he's in... Or if because he's now a cyborg, that he always has those powers. But at some point, things become dire enough that he needs to transform. And he does transform, and then he's able to defeat and overcome uh, his foe. And uh, a lot of the old writers, the, the Showa-era writers, have a little-to-no character arc. They don't really change... As people, they're—it's kind of like the—the the biggest change happens to them at the beginning of the series and the end of the series, and in between, they're kind of the same character uh, as they go along. Uh, that changes depending on what show you're watching, what era it's in. Um, I, I watched all *Combinator X*, and uh, X changes throughout. You can see little little bits of it. Uh, unfortunately, we only got twelve or so issues with uh, with um, Hongo, and then he goes away, and I never watched enough of the original Kamen Rider to see him come back to see, you know, if he was different, how he was different, whatever, but those changes happen, uh, the, the changes happened to him at the beginning of the series, and he kind of struggled with that, and what it meant to be uh, the man, Takeshi Hongo, while also being this cyborg shocker, and then Common Rider, and uh, like I said, it's it's kind of subtle and quiet versus a show, like I would say Kamen Rider Ghost has a much bigger arc, uh, there was one, another one I was thinking of that has a much larger arc in uh, who the character is. Oh, well, actually, a, a contrast that would be Comerator right Forze, where Gintaro hardly changes. I don't think he really has a character arc, but everybody else around him has a character arc, and he's, like, the catalyst for that. So, that's what I, I mean when I say the outer change reflects an inner change. And, you know, whether that's, you know, sadness or torment that the person's put under because of what has happened to them, like in X, uh, in Jin K-S-S-K's Case case, or <laughs> case, 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 sorry, uh, for Jin K's or for, uh, uh, Ichimonji or, um, or Hongo, uh, you know, they, their lives have been forever changed. And the transformation is just like an evidence of that. It's like a, a byproduct sort of. Um, but from the show perspective, it's, uh, it's reflecting, I don't know, I, to me, that makes sense that it reflects the interchange, but I'm kind of going to re-examine these, uh, qualifications, these points as I go through, uh, looking at different shows, uh, that have henshin heroes in them, and, uh, well, shows, manga, whatever, um, and kind of analyzing it all through this lens, and, uh, I have this lens, I developed this by thinking about it, um, you know, I'm going through point by point and explaining how Hongo Takeshi, uh, you know falls in line with these or how these fall in line with his story as it was told um in the manga and in the uh in the um the show as well but you know i'm not this is not set in stone it's just it's how i'm seeing things right now uh anyway and then finally they changed to overfight or to overcome things which is true um so even though uh, like i said there's like subtlety to the arc of Takeshi Hongo he has to fight Shocker to overcome uh, the fact that he's been turned into a cyborg to overcome the fact that his humanity has been torn away from him, uh, almost torn away from him, uh, and to um, gosh, sorry, the writer one um, ghost movie is amazing, and I'm just having flashbacks to that now thinking about how he's changed over the decades of being common writer, and uh, that really gets to me. <laughs> anyway, uh, I watched that thing like three or four times. I really like that movie. Anyway, um, yeah, so he overcomes shocker. He overcomes the physical. Uh, barrier, the physical threat, the physical danger, and he protects people's lives through that. But it's kind of like in saving others, he ends up saving himself to a certain extent. And that feels pretty true to me. Uh, I'm not going to be definitive, but that's what I'm feeling right now. That's what's what's hitting me the most as I'm thinking about how the Henshin heroes uh, transformation helps them to overcome things. I'm also thinking about Usagi and Sailor Moon, Uh, I watched Sailor Moon Crystal. I I never read the manga. I think I bought the first issue of the manga, but it just, I felt wrong reading. I don't know why. (laughs) Uh, It was just an odd experience. Maybe if I went back to it now, I wouldn't mind so much, but, um, like, I've dabbled in Shoujo, but I don't know, I don't know if, anyway, I'm getting very off topic, which I want to do, but uh, I love Sailor Moon Crystal. I've seen all the current stuff, and I kind of think there's an, oh, no, that doesn't matter. Uh, Stay on, stay on target here. Um, Yeah, uh, but, like, Usagi changes throughout, and to me, Usagi's a henshin hero, even though she's a magical girl. A uh, magical girl, to me, uh, might be a subsection or a subgenre of henshin hero. Um, I've watched, not the seasons in their entirety, but Glitter Force 1 and 2, or uh, regular and then Doki Doki with my daughters. And um, that that's like hard-hitting, like, super sentai, common writer y type uh, storytelling and action and drama with the characters, and there's arcs for them and stuff. Um, like, today, to me, uh, all the Super Sentai I've seen, except maybe Gokaiger... Oh, no, Gokaiger has small arcs for the characters. Um, maybe, like, Marvelous doesn't get an arc, but everybody else does, or a few of the others do. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, but, like, even watching those, they had strong arcs, and those shows were truncated down from the original Precure uh run into the, you know, Saban dub version of it. Um, but still those had strong character arcs that you like couldn't deny. And they were interesting to watch the characters transform, uh, as people, uh, throughout the series, even though they were just, you know, these young girls. So, um, you know, that's, those are two examples of magical girls having that. Uh, I don't really, I can't off the top of my head, uh, call to mind what other genres, um, exist in the Henshin hero stuff, uh, like Ultraman's, you know, kaiju stuff, but it's, it's Ultraman's tokusatsu, I guess. So, uh, I mean, it is, like, I don't know how to define it or narrow it down uh, into a, uh, a subgenre. so I won't really do that. I'll just kind of put it in with Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and, and Ultraman all together is a, a big three of, you know, these Henshin Hero uh, shows. So, um, I don't really know what else to say. Oh, here's a good example. Lion Maruji, uh, which I had the good fortune to watch a few years back, uh, does have a character who starts off a certain, or who has, all the characters basically have arcs in that show. It's a really interestingly written show. Uh, it's got some cool fights. It's a, uh, <laughs> for a older teen audience, uh, at minimum, I would say, based on some of the stuff. And there's no actual nudity, but there's like adult content uh, talked about in there. But uh, the main character, whose name I can't remember, I remember Tiger Joe, but I don't remember the other guy. Uh, he has an interesting arc and um, while there's no form changes or anything other than, than the main transformation into the lion Maru um, or other guy, uh, the way the characters change over the course of the series is interesting, especially because they kind of circle back. And I think in the very final episode, um, we're with our main prota- our protagonist and he's kind of... Uh, he circled back to where he started, but he's also changed, and I think that's interesting. At least that's how I'm remembering it. Anyway, uh, it's been a while since I've seen that, so I can't speak definitively on it. But I do think uh, the Henshin heroes are changed as people through their journey, through their story, and um, I think that's great. And sometimes it gets them set up in a position like the original Common where it's just like, this is a never-ending battle. I will always continue to f- struggle against these forces. Um, but that does reflect a change in who they are, um and you know the transformation into common writer or whoever uh you know it's a reflection of the it's an outer reflection of the interchange that's happened to them not just the victimization of them being forcibly transformed against their will forcibly against their will of course uh that was a little redundant sorry um but it's how they've coped with that and how they've dealt with that because as that you know common K- writer uh or whoever they are a hero they are a symbol of uh, hope and justice and things like that, uh, as opposed to what they could have turned into, which was a villain or which was what they were originally going to turn into just this servant of evil, um, without a mind, without free will, without the ability to choose what they want for their lives and how they're going to live them. Uh, now they, it's kind of ironic. They're kind of set in, I am going to continue to fight evil, the most potent evil, uh, that is the most dangerous to me wherever I encounter it. So they're like enslaved to that, so to speak. But it's it's a heroic, it's like a noblish oblige because they can do it, because they have the capacity to handle that evil. They will wherever they find it, even if it leads to their doom, uh, which ultimately circles back to them being heroic. And uh, yeah, those are my qualifications for a Henshin hero. Um, since I went through with Takeshi Hongo and kind of mixed in some other people, I'm not going to draw on more examples and like force it to... Uh, or and point out how they conform to these points. I'm just going to lay out the points real quick and then I'm going to get out of here. I'll have these also uh, in a post for, uh, I'll have a separate post for each of these um, over on mgmonsterscom hi. Um, yeah, you'll be able to find them there. So, real quick, my qualifications for Henshin heroes. They are heroic. They have Henshin collar pose. Their clothes or body change when they transform. They change for plot reasons. The outer change reflects an inner change and they change to fight or overcome things. And that's all I have for now. So it'll be interesting to see, like, there's Poitrine. uh, She's like a comedic uh, henshin hero. There's like a a good deal of like female comedic heroes and from the the Fushuji mystery, I can't remember what it's called, mystery something series, uh, mystery comedy series, that's what it is, um, that Ishinomori was involved with with Toei uh, making that. And uh, it seems like they did like for whatever reason, um, they had women protagonists in these series, uh, and there was like four or five of them, like a, like a, like an Egyptian, like pharaoh type one, um, and then Poitrine, which is, you know, analogous to like a Common writer, but more like, a, you know, Sailor Moon, uh, but I think it came out before Sailor Moon, um, so anyway, uh, just kind of a weird tangent, it's funny, those, those are comedic characters, but they still have, like, I know, it's just, it's, they're an interesting mix and they're something I'm going to touch on during my big Ishinomori, uh, celebrate Ishinomori, hashtag celebrate Ishinomori uh, 2021, uh, that'll be coming up, uh, kind of coinciding with the release of all this um, early or late January rather of uh, 2021. So look forward to that. I don't really have much else to say, so I'm going to go and let you go, except I'm going to ask that you go to mgmooners.com and check out the stuff uh, that you circle back through and check out all the introductory stuff for Henshin Inspection, and that you look forward to You subscribing everything so you can be uh, keyed into and tuned into uh, all the Henshin Inspection stuff as I release it, which I hope to do fairly consistently, but uh, with me being busy trying to write and uh, sell my story ideas um, to get a book deal and things like that, we'll see how that goes. I got, I got to balance. I got to, you know, feed my family and everything, but I really want to do this. It's, this is like a passion project and I, I really enjoy uh, talking about this stuff. I've been having a blast for over 15 minutes now, just sitting by myself talking about this. So anyway, I'm get out of here. Uh, thank you for your, your time and attention. Thank you for listening. Take care. remember folks, you don't need to shout Henshin to be a hero. And uh, please, uh, if you enjoyed this, help me out.